evening, everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk Low Vision, brought to you by the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International. My name is Dr. Bill Takeshta, and this evening, we're going to talk about different ways that you could use lighting to improve your vision. One of the most important aspects of vision is the type of light that is entering the eye to enable the eyes to process the information and send it to the brain. The human eye is such that if we don't have visible light, there is no chance of vision. When we look at different animals, though, we find that there are different types of animals that have much better dim vision than humans. But for humans who do have macular degeneration, glaucoma, diabetic retinopathy, retinitis pigmentosa, other types of eye problems, the lighting is very, very important. One of the more common things that we hear from our patients is that they often will complain that it is too bright for them. If it is too bright, the glare hurts their eyes and they wear sunglasses. So most of us understand ways that we could reduce that type of discomfort if the light is too bright. We often will go and purchase a pair of sunglasses. Maybe we'll get a pair of sunglasses that wraps around the front of your face. Others will be even wiser, and they'll wear sunglasses as well as a hat. But when it comes to a situation that a person is having difficulties reading, difficulties seeing a picture, difficulty reading music, they often don't necessarily think about the different types of light that we could use. We often think about using a magnifier. I'm certain all of you have gone to the doctor's office or to a drugstore and you purchased a magnifier and you tried to use the magnifier to read some small print. But many people have also stated that when they use the magnifier, they notice that they can't see it as well. What is the reason for that? You've made it larger, shouldn't it be easier to see? Well, the reason you don't often see as well when looking through a magnifier is that the magnifier does not allow as much light to enter your eye. And because the magnifier itself is reflecting a light away from your eye, the amount of contrast that you have is actually worse. So this is why they have developed magnifiers that have a light inside of it. And these illuminated magnifiers, they are much, much more popular today as compared to magnifiers that are without a light. So what should we know about light as it relates to different parts of the tasks that we do in our daily lives? The first thing is that light comes in different colors. Now, we often could think about seeing a red traffic light or a green traffic light a yellow traffic light. But when we're looking at a light bulb, we often don't take that time to look at the details of what color is this white light bulb. If we were to get three different light bulbs and we turn them on, we may initially say that every one of these has a white light. But if we looked more carefully at it, we would find that one light might be a little bit reddish tint. And another one might have a little bit more of a greenish tint. Another might be a little bit more blue. And so that these different shades of white light have a tremendous difference on the way that people with low vision could see. One of the things that researchers now have demonstrated is that white light that has too much blue in it can actually be damaging to the tissues of the retina. So for many people who go out and purchase very bright white lights, they're actually potentially damaging the retina because there's too much blue light in it. How do we know what is the best type of light bulb for us to purchase? Well, one of the things is that if you do see your eye doctor, you can ask your eye doctor what would be the best type of light bulb for you to use. When you're reading, we know that many people are now using lights that use the LED bulb, the light-emitting diode type of bulb. 
And this is the latest in technology, and the advantages of the LED bulb are, number one, it is a light that doesn't get too hot. So if you're reading next to your lamp, you don't begin to perspire because it's so hot. Number two, the LED bulbs are available in different colors. And number three, LED bulbs do not use much energy, and they last for a very long time. One of the lamps that we use at the Center for the Partially Sighted is called the Berryessa Joseph. And Berryessa is a lighting company in Northern California. Mr. Mike Ju is the president, and they have really done a great job in developing customized lighting for people with low vision. Now, this lamp that is called the Joseph, it is, in my opinion, one of the best desk lamps available. It has a very heavy base, so you don't have to worry about it tipping over. It has a gooseneck arm that lets you adjust the angle or the direction from which the light is coming. It also has a magnification lens on there if you need to magnify any print. And there's a dial on there that allows you to change the color of the lamp's light. So you can have a light that's going to be slightly reddish white or slightly yellowish white or slightly greenish white. And depending on what it is that you're doing, what you're reading, or what you're looking at, you will find that the different color light will impact your vision differently. And so with this particular lamp, a patient or a person with low vision could change the color of the light depending on what it is that he or she is trying to do. The other thing which is very nice about it is that none of these three colors have the high levels of blue wavelengths of light. So I feel that this is really one of the nicest advances that we have seen here in 2015 is this Berryessa Joseph lamp. Now when we talk about the colors of the light and how important that is. When you go to your eye doctor's offices, many of them may have different lamps with these different colored bulbs. So they can show you each of these different lights and you could try to read with it. Now it's important when you're reading, it's very important not to just immediately choose one color because it immediately looks better. But it's more important to read for a longer period of time, say, for example, five minutes with it. The reason for that is that with some of the different lights that might be of a different color, they can cause visual fatigue. And as you begin to read longer with it, your vision suddenly diminishes. So, for example, I remember when I still had vision, I purchased a very popular lamp. It's called the OTT lamp, O-T-T lamp. And this is a lamp that has a very bright light, but the light is in the blue spectrum. It has a bluish-white tint to it. When I turned it on, I said, my gosh, this is by far the best. It was brightest. I was able to read. But what I realized after reading for a while, my vision seemed to be getting darker the contrast wasn't there. And the high energy from the blue-colored bulb, it was bleaching the pigment from my retina too quickly, and it was something that wasn't good for my eyes. So I found that I was able to read better when I had a more of a green-colored type of a light. So the way that the doctors will identify which color light would be best for you is that they will write down on a piece of paper what temperature bulb would give you the best color. And this temperature, it's designated in Kelvin degrees. So they may recommend that you're reading with a bulb that has 2,800 degrees Kelvin. This would be a light that has a little bit of a reddish tinge to it. Others might need a bulb that is 3,500 degrees Kelvin. Others might need something that's going to be 4,100 degrees Kelvin. So when the doctor shows you these lights, 
he or she will specify the color bulb based on the Kelvin temperature. And when you go to the home improvement store to search for bulbs to buy, if you look on those packages, it will say exactly what color temperature that those bulbs are. So this is something that you would want your doctor to recommend a specific color bulb for you based on the Kelvin degrees. If you have a retinal condition, if you are visually impaired because of a retinal condition, it's recommended that you do not. You do not use a light bulb that has 5,000 degrees Kelvin or greater. So 5,000, 6,000, 6,500 degrees Kelvin, all those have too much blue light and it can be dangerous to your retina. So you don't want to use those unless you have specifically spoken to your retina specialist. But for most people, we find that these lower temperatures can work very, very well. Now, one of the reasons that I like that Berryessa Joseph lamp is that depending on what it is that you're reading, you may need a different colored light. If you're reading a newspaper and the paper is somewhat gray, you may find that one color works better for you. However, if you're writing a letter to somebody and you're using a very white piece of paper, that same color light may be too bright and it might be very difficult for you to use that color. And with the Joseph light, you could switch to that other color and it'll be very, very effective. Now, in addition, they also make these same types of lights with the LED bulbs that are available in a floor model. And this is a floor lamp where there's a base that rests on the floor and there's a long gooseneck arm. And you could position this over your right or your left shoulder so that it projects right onto the paper that you're reading. So if you're a person who prefers to read at a comfortable easy chair, this is the type of light that would work very, very well for you. You also can use these same types of lights on your dining room table. There's a lot of people who state that at their dining room they have a hard time seeing, and that's because they have a small lamp in the ceiling that holds one light bulb. Well, one of the reasons that that particular type of light bulb that's in the ceiling doesn't work real well is because the distance between the light bulb and your dining room table is so large. There's another rule to remember about lighting, and this is called the inverse square law. It's not really that important you remember that name of it, but what it means is that the closer the distance between the light bulb and what you're trying to look at, you have an exponentially greater amount of light. So for example, if you have that little 100-watt light bulb in the ceiling in your dining room and it's going to try to illuminate your dining room table, that dining room table is going to be very, very dark. But if you have a floor lamp that is going to distribute the light right onto the table, but it's only one foot away from the table, things are going to be much brighter. And that's a way that you'll be able to see your food much more easily. It'll be much more enjoyable to eat. Or if you like to cook, when you're cooking and you're dicing and chopping, this makes it much, much easier for you to be able to see your food and things. So these floor lamps and desk lamps could work very well for those types of tasks. Now, what about a situation where you may say, well, I like these desk lamps and floor lamps, but I don't want to have that near my dining room table. My wife or my husband doesn't like the way that looks. I wish I could just have a lamp, a light bulb in the ceiling that would really illuminate things just as well. What are the options of what you could do with that? Well, there's many different options that are now available. Number one, we have already learned from your eye doctor what color temperature bulb would work the best for you. And the next thing is what design suits your artistic needs. One of the more easily 
installable types of light is called a track light. And the track light, T-R-A-C-K, it has a track that is about three-quarters of an inch wide, and you could get them in lengths of two feet, four feet, eight feet, or you could make them as long as you want to by just connecting the track from one location to the next. What you simply do is that you would remove your old light fixture, and you're going to then screw two different screws from each wire nut onto the black and the neutral, and then you put in the ground. From there, you can then select what type of light fixture that you want to attach to the track. And these light fixtures, they just snap onto the track so you could put on as many as you want. Now, the type that I recommend is going to be the low-voltage halogen track light. And this is called a MR16. So if you use a low-voltage MR16 bulb that goes in these low-voltage tracks, number one, you're not using a lot of energy. Number two, you could get it in the color light that you need. And you can also choose whether you want more of a spotlight or if you want more of a wider beam of floodlight. So this is a great way that you could illuminate your formal dining room table and it looks beautiful in your home. You could also install these same types of low-voltage halogen track lights right over the counter in your kitchen where you might be dicing or cutting. Or I know that I put one that was in the middle of my kitchen and I directed the light from the ceiling so that it shined right on top of my stovetop so when I was frying foods, I had all the light that I needed to be able to see it very, very well. So at that time when I had vision, I was really able to see, you know, whether or not that that fried chicken was really golden brown and cooked very, very nicely. Another location that we install these types of low-voltage track lights is that we often will put them in the living room. There's many people who want to read at their favorite lounge chair. And they don't want lights on all over the house, but when they're sitting in their chair, they want to illuminate the book or the newspaper that they're reading. So you could direct the low-voltage track light right onto the area that you'll be holding onto your book that you're reading. And this makes it very, very convenient for you to read, and everybody else in the house will still be able to have the type of lighting that they like. Now, an alternative is that some people don't want the low-voltage halogen track light. There's some people who want more of a, even a sleeker look. And one of the types of lights that are available are called CAN lights, C-A-N lights. And these CAN lights are exactly that. They are like a can that you would have food in. Now, they come in diameters of about 6 inches, 4 inches, 3 inches. So depending on what look you want, you could install these can lights in the ceiling of whichever room in your home that you want. These can lights, they do use an incandescent light bulb. And the incandescent light bulbs, they do work very, very well. They are also available in different color temperatures and in different brightnesses. The only thing about the incandescent bulb in these can lights is that there will probably be a day coming when the can lights with the incandescent bulbs will no longer be available. And the reason for that is that the incandescent light bulbs use more electricity than the LED or the low-voltage halogen. So what you will expect to find and they are available now, is that there are low-voltage types of recessed lamps that will fit in these can lights. So it, again, gives you the opportunity to use a color that works the best for you. You could have the brightness that's going to be the best for you, and you could put the trim on the can that's going to make your house have that style that you like. 
So overall, you have many different options to decorate your home with the appropriate lighting that's going to be best for you. Now, another area that lighting is very, very important in the home is going to be in the bathroom. For many people, you're trying to shave or you're trying to cut your hair or maybe you're trying to even dye your hair. When you have those particular types of visual demands, you want to make certain you have the appropriate lighting. And I think that probably the most effective type of lighting inside the bathroom, again, would be that low-voltage track light or installing the recess can lights. The main difference, again, between these two is that the recess can lights, they do require uh, an electrician to install them unless you're very handy. The track lights are, on the other hand, something that you could install yourself. Or if you hired a handyman to do it, it would be much more affordable to have them install it. So when you're using these particular types of lights in your bathroom, you could illuminate your bathroom very, very well. Now what you then want to do is you want to then think about when you look at yourself in the mirror, what color is the wall that you see when you look into the mirror? If you are a person who is trying to look at your face, and let's say that you have very pale skin, I have very pale skin, and if the wall that I see in the mirror is also very white, I will have a difficult time seeing my face because I have a white face on a white wall. So one of the things that could be very helpful is, number one, you could paint that wall. If you paint it an off color so that it won't be real white, you'll be able to see the margins of your face much better. Some people say, well, my wife doesn't want the bathroom to be colored a different color. What you could also do is you could position it such that you can have a towel. Place a towel right behind you so that you can have a brown or a gray towel that's hanging behind you. So when you look at yourself in the mirror, you see your white face, but behind that is going to be a gray or a brown towel. So you could see the margins much, much more easily. The same thing, if you have gray hair, you probably don't want to have a gray wall behind you. So you can use a towel that's going to be a different color. It could be black. So you have a black towel, and then you'll be able to see your hair much more easily using that type of contrast. So in the bathroom, those are two very reasonable and affordable ideas to have that type of lighting adjustment. Another area that we need to have ideal lighting is in the closets. If we are partially sighted and we still have vision, we're trying to select our clothing, we really want to make certain that we have the appropriate lighting in there. The easiest, the most affordable type of lighting to have installed in your closet would again be this low voltage track lighting. You know, these track lights, you can go to Home Depot, purchase a kit, and it has a four-foot track. It has two of the light fixtures. It has two bulbs. And you can get that for about $70. And, again, if you're handy, you could remove the old light fixture, connect those two wires, and you could have it installed in probably less than a half an hour. So the advantage, again, of using the track light with the low-voltage bulbs is that they will produce the most accurate color vision. Now, many people say, well, how come I don't just install these shop lights? You know, the shop lights that you install in the garage, and you could buy those at Home Depot maybe for $19, and you put in those two long tubes. Well, that is a very affordable way to put light inside your closet. But the problem with those fluorescent bulbs is that the fluorescent bulbs distort your color vision. When you're using a lot of these types of fluorescent light bulbs, you will make a mistake thinking that your blue suit is a black suit or that your socks are one color when it's another. 
So many people do not like to use fluorescent lighting if you're trying to select clothes or if you're trying to put on makeup or if you're trying to do some drawings. It will not render the colors naturally and people who try to look at things through that type of a fluorescent bulb will often be very, very bothered by it. So the halogen track lighting is something that's very, very affordable and very effective. Now, what about when you're outdoors? You know, you come home, someone drops you off, or maybe you're still driving, but you come home and it's dark. Maybe you have a little porch light, and you've done a good thing by putting in a 100-watt incandescent light bulb, you know, the conventional light bulb that you screw in. But when you're walking up to your porch, you can't really see very well. The reason for that is that the incandescent light bulb really is not very efficient. It doesn't put out much light at all. For safety purposes around your home, one of the best and most effective ways to illuminate your front area is to use sodium vapor light bulbs. Now, the sodium vapor light bulb is very nice because, number one, it doesn't use much electricity, and number two, it puts out a tremendous amount of light. You may have noticed that maybe on your street or if you've gone to certain parking lots, the light bulbs in the parking lot, they're sort of this gold-amber color. Well, those are sodium vapor lights, and they work very well because, again, they're very efficient. But some people don't like that particular type of a bulb because they don't like that golden color of a light. They don't want their sidewalk to look sort of a golden type of color. Well, another affordable type of light for outdoor use is called the mercury vapor. And with that type of mercury vapor, you'll have more of a bluish-green light. So it's not going to look as different as the amber particular type of light. But with both of those types of light fixtures, you can have those installed and you could purchase the light fixture under $100. And believe me, it will be so bright that when you're walking all the way from your curb to your front door, you'll notice that things are much brighter and you don't have to worry about tripping or stumbling. Because as many of you probably have experienced at one time in your life or another, or you have had guests over your house, and maybe they have normal vision, people very frequently trip and fall when it's dark. They don't see a small crack in a sidewalk, or they don't see a small branch, or they don't see the change in the elevation. So when we illuminate things, it really makes things much, much better. Now, what about landscape lighting? A lot of people wonder, well, maybe I should put a lot of landscape lighting throughout my yard. Is that something that's going to be helpful? Well, those particular types of landscape lights, they are also very effective, especially if you have a sidewalk or a pathway that your guests have to walk to and from that is somewhat curved and windy. If you put these Malibu landscape lights, it will illuminate the pathway so that people can actually see where is the sidewalk. They know which way that they got to turn, a little left, a little right, zigzagging. If you don't have those particular types of lights, many people who have low vision, say you have diabetic retinopathy, glaucoma, retinitis pigmentosa, those people will not even see where the pathway is going, and they could really get injured. So the landscape lighting is something that's very affordable. You can have that particular type of kit for under $100, and they now also have some that are solar-powered so that you don't have to have any electricity. You install these, and there's a little battery pack, and this is something that will be charged by the sun. So it works out very, very well. So the last type of lighting that I'm going to talk about is what about those situations when you're not at home? Are there times that you've gone out to dinner and maybe you can't see very well in these dark, fancy restaurants? Maybe you can't see the menu 
what are some of the things that you could use or carry with you that could be very versatile when you go out? The most popular type of flashlight that I have found for my patients is called the Mini Mag Light. Mini Mag Light. You could buy these at Target for about $10, and they consist of a metal casing. They take two AA batteries, and what's really nice about it, the halogen bulb is very white and very bright. When you rotate the head of it, you could change the diameter of the beam so it's a spotlight or a floodlight. So if you're in a restaurant, you can use it to go ahead and to help you to read the menu. Or if you want to look at the bill that comes, you could quickly pull out your flashlight and you could read things. I know that I used to use the flashlight just to see the food on the table because some of these restaurants, we would go to Mexican restaurants here in Los Angeles, and some of them are so dark, I just couldn't even see, you know. I couldn't find the salsa to dip my chip, so I would pull out my little flashlight, and it worked very well. Or if we were walking from the restaurant to the parking lot and it was a darker area, I could use that particular type of flashlight. So I recommend that people should always have a mini mag light. And if you do use a magnifier, you want to purchase a magnifier that has the LED types of light bulbs. You may not always need the LED bulb in order to read. But if you're in a darkened area and you can't read, you could just flip the switch, the light will turn on, and it will make it much easier for you to read. These types of magnifiers that have the LED light bulb, you can get them probably between $50 to $75. And they range in powers all the way from three times all the way up to 12 times. So it's something that could help people with almost all levels of vision. So these all in all are some of the different types of recommendations that we have regarding lighting. And at this time, I'm going to ask you to unmute your phone. So if you have any other lighting suggestions that you have used, or if you have any questions, you could go ahead and ask your questions, and one of us here on the call, we could answer it. So if you'd be kind enough to unmute your phone now by pressing star 6, and uh, you could shout your name and give us any bit of information that you have to share or any question. Dr. Bill, this is Tom. Yes, yeah, hey Tom. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go sideways with your conversation here. Uh, my vision is to the point now where I can't hardly see my hand in front of my face. So, uh, but I do still use a. Uh, CCTV, it's a Merlin Elite, and so it allows me to change the, the color of the font on the screen. And yes. I, but because of my vision being the way it is these days, I have a real tough time reading the screen, and I, I usually use a black background in either yellow or green letters, Okay. I'm finding that I still have a real tough time reading reading the screen. And so it, it, to me it's kind of a function of the brightness uh, because my eyes get tired real quickly. And so I'm wondering if we can kind of segue from, from actual light bulbs to the light that's on a CTTV. Can you help me with that at all? Do you have any thoughts there? Well, I think the first step here is that the fact that you are able to read things easier with a black background, what it tells me is that if we have a white background, it's too bright, and all of that light energy, it's bleaching, what we call bleaching the pigment in the photoreceptors of the eye. You know that when a person takes a flash photo of you and the bright flash, it literally blinds you for a few seconds. Well, when people have low vision and you're reading on a white background, it's too bright. So by you changing the background to a black background, that is very smart because it's not bleaching all of the pigments in the eye, which is very important. Now, when you have yellow or green letters, 
we really want to study that a little further to find out which one can you read more comfortably with, and number two, which one can you read longer with. One of the things that we can do in these particular types of uh, CCTVs is that we can often have the manufacturer, Enhanced Vision, go in there and modify some of the different colors of the text. So let's say that you do like green, but we may find that you could read even better if we changed it to teal. Or you might do pretty well with yellow, but you might be able to read it better if we go into amber. So there may be different colors of the text that we could modify to make it such that it is going to be easier for you to read and also it'll be something that allows you to read for a longer period of time. So what this really kind of means here in many ways is that in your retina, in your retina, there's thousands and thousands of cells that are called photoreceptors. And when the letters, let's say that you're looking at green letters on the black background, the green light from the letters are coming in and they're focusing on your retina and it is stimulating those photoreceptors that are most sensitive to green. Now, if you're reading something that's yellow letters, the yellow letters from the words, they focus into your eye and they stimulate the cells that are most sensitive to yellow. Now, in your eyes, we may find, Tom, that there's a different color that your photoreceptors are most comfortable with. In other words, you have more of those cells in your eyes that respond better to that particular type of color. And when we identify if there is that other color that your photoreceptors are more comfortable with or that you have more photoreceptors that are most sensitive to that particular light, then all we need to do is we just need to modify your CCTV so that we have that exact color of the text with a black background. Okay. So what, what that sort of means is that if there are any other color text on your CCTV that you could try reading with, we should try to do experiment and see, okay, if you're reading at 9 o'clock in the morning, let's see how long can you read with the yellow. Now the next day... 9 o'clock in the morning, let's see how long you can read with the green. And the next day, let's see how long you can read if we use orange. The next day, how long can you read if we do blue? If we actually map all of that out with data, we could then actually find out which color photoreceptor does your eye like the best. And then we'll talk to Mark Stenzel the president over there at Enhanced Vision, and we'll see if we can get your machine set up that way. It'll be more customized. I, I don't have a real wide selection of colors the way it the way it's set up right now, so I may have to you know make some kind of a modif modification so I can get a wider range of colors to experiment with. See, you know what? Let me do that. Let me give them a call because they're over here in California. And let me see if there's a particular way or if there's a representative in in Wyoming area where you live that they could come in and just do this because we know exactly what setup you want. You need the black background, and we don't need all that other junk. We just need to now try different colored fonts. Correct. Yep. So let, let, me, let me give them a call. I, I promise I will give them a call tomorrow morning and see how we get that done. You got a Merlin Elite, correct? It's a Merlin HD OCR. Oh, that's the expensive one. <laughs> it's supposed to talk to me, but I've never taken the time to learn how to make it talk to me yet. So. Okay, well, we could get somebody over there to show you how to do that because that's a that's a real nice machine. That's a really uh, good question, though. Thank you. Dr. Bill, thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. The other Tom. Yes. Uh, Two questions. The was it the Barry S. Joseph? How do you spell that? My wife was trying to look at that on the web and couldn't find it. 
you know what? I'm embarrassed to say this, but I'm not 100% certain if it's B-A-R-R-I-E-S-S-A, bariesolidine, or if it's B-E-R-R-I-E-S-S-A. But I'll tell you what, anybody out there, anybody out there who is interested or who hears this podcast uh, tonight or in the future, I'm gonna I'm gonna put out my email right now, and my email is drbillfoundation at gmail. So that's d r b i l l foundation at gmail, and I will get the contact information for Barryessa. Oh, thank you. Because uh, the only color I can actually see well and use now is blue. I guess the photons have more energy in blue. Which is the bad lighting for me, anyway. But I can see that. But when I read, I just read black print on a white, on a light background. It doesn't make any difference. Okay. I'm, I'm a opposite low vision. If I do anything else, I can't see it. And the reason I was interested in the, my in lighting is my wife Janet. She does a lot of sewing. She doesn't have low vision, but aren't we all getting older? And she. She just said, excuse me. She's not getting older. You're getting older. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting older. Doing a lot of sewing or whatever is getting more difficult, and it sounds like that light would be good with the different types of colors when she's working on different types of cloth, you know, making you the know, doggy coats. That might be good. This particular light, the, the Berryessa Joseph, would be very good for her. Also, because... It also has a magnifier in there, and if there's certain times that she wants to do some very fine stitching or look at a, a section of the fabric very carefully, she's got that built-in magnifier in there as well. So I agree. I think that would be very, very good. Okay. So I'll email you and see if we can find the spelling of that. Find <laughs> yes, I'll actually give you um, Mr. His name is Mike Jew, and his wife, he and his wife, um, they have started this company, and they have done just a tremendous job. They're, I believe that they're from Taiwan, and they were both engineers, and they realized there's a need for lighting for people with low vision. And uh, they have really done a tremendous job of building high-quality lighting. So if you oh, email me, I, I, will get you, I will get you his uh, direct email. Okay? Uh, yes, sir. With Ken. Hi, Ken. Yeah, I have a comment on one subject and a question on a different subject. My comment is about outdoor night lighting for, like, paths and driveways and things like that. And I've learned from experience that it's very important to have the lighting low, position low and downward, because what you need to have illuminated is the walking surface. You don't want to have it shining in your face. And one example of that that I've applied is in my country home. It's in the woods, and it's a long, long winding driveway up to the road. And I purchased, you mentioned solar lights, and I purchased solar lights, and they're, they're just ideal. They're very small. Maybe the top of them is maybe six-inch diameter round, and that's the solar panel. And then it has a circular... Uh, light globe going down from it, and so the, so all day long it's generating power from the sun, and then it's on all night, shining downward onto the, in my case, onto my driveway and not in my face. I find that very effective, and they're very cheap too. I, it seems like I bought a dozen for thirty dollars, something like that. So wow. very cheap. Last forever. They're they're you know. Consumables they wear out eventually, but 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 I, I strongly recommend solar lights, and I strongly recommend illuminating nighttime walking surfaces from lighting position low. I even uh, had some input, and there's a, there's a very famous uh, tourist attraction out here in Manhattan called the High Line, and it was an old railroad track, elevated railroad track, and the lighting architect. He made a presentation. I talked with him about that even in that instance, position your night lighting low to illuminate the walking surface, not up high so it's shining in people's faces, 
people want to look out at the lighting of the city <laughs> outward. They don't have to look at the lighting along the surface they're walking. And so I think it's worked very well in that case, too. And it also is applicable in places like Central Park here in Manhattan, where uh, along the walking paths at night, what you need to see is the sidewalk not having it shining up in your face. So that would be one of in terms of nighttime illumination. Yes, I'm really so glad that you brought that up and you, you explained it so clearly. And that relates to any type of light. You don't want any type of light to be shining into your eyes. You want it to be shining on the surface you're trying to see. So if it's your driveway out in the country, you want the light shining on the driveway, not in your eyes. If you're in your kitchen, you want it to be shining on your stovetop, not in your eyes. Or if you're going to be reading, you want it to shine on the book and not in your eyes. So thank you for bringing that point up so clearly. Thank you. My question is something that somebody else on the call, Tom, for example, Tom Lelos may know about this, maybe others on the call do too. But on the CCLVI website, www.cclvi.org, we used to have a very detailed and informative page by Elaine Kitchell, the lighting expert, and you reminded me of her when you're talking about the different the blue blue lights versus red light and so forth. She explained that so clearly, and she had a very detailed, as I said, a very detailed page on our website describing the things that you were talking about. And recently, I've not seen it there, and I'm wondering what happened to it and how come it's not there and should we get it back. Tom, do you have any information about that? I don't, but I remember that we used that information when we were putting our large print yep. guidelines together. I remember the name and the, and the subject matter, but I don't yep. ever remember seeing it on the website, Kit. Yeah, it was on the website. I remember it because I had something on the website there, too, with called okay. uh, contributions from members, even though they weren't <laughs> monetary contributions. She was not a member, but that's what the, the, uh, the heading was. It took you to the pages where she had something and I had something. Yes, Elaine Kitchell and and uh, her other colleagues at the uh, American Printing House in Louisville, Kentucky, they have done a lot of research on this. They have really done a great job in terms of educating people about this. So I think that is a good article that if we could find, maybe we could put that back up on the webpage. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's see, does anybody else have any other final comments or any other questions regarding lighting? Dr. Bill, this is Tom again. I'll just ask a real quick question. I have a shop that I work in, and I've got six eight-foot fluorescent light fixtures in it, okay, with normal fluorescent lighting tubes. Do they make fluorescent tubes in different colors? Yeah, that's a great question. Do they now make fluorescent tubes in different colors? And the answer is yes. Okay. And we're we're really, really happy now that if you are going to Home Depot or another home improvement store and you look at the fluorescent tubes, you can ask them what color temperature it is. And if it's a temperature that is below 5,000, then that is not going to have the blue light, and it will be a lot safer for your eyes. Okay. And and then for you, Tom, if we find out what specific color really seems to work the best for you, we could then get the fluorescent light bulb for your shop in that color. Okay, good. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. And, oh, I was going to say one other thing, Dr. Bill. When you're... The old days of uh, photography and film and use your Kodachrome and Ektachrome, you learn real fast. If you took a picture under fluorescent lighting, everything looked green because it lacked the blue spectrum. If you took photographs in incandescent lighting, everything looked red. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm backward. Everything looked red with incandescent because it lacked the blue. With fluorescent lighting, everything looked like green because it lacked the red spectrum, so it was higher, and your pictures would come out real red, incandescent, or greenish under fluorescent lighting. So 
although your eye might adjust, the camera did not. Oh. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Real quickly, uh, what is the difference between Kodachrome and Ektachrome? Uh, Kodachrome was better for... uh, I went down the Grand Canyon. It shows up more the blues and the reds. Uh, Oh, okay. And Ektachrome was better. It showed up the greens and those sorts of colors. So when I went down the Grand Canyon, I used Ektachrome. I mean, I'm sorry, Kodachrome, because out there in the desert, everything's brownish or or reddish Mm -hmm. or whatever. It looks beautiful. But if I was taking seascapes, uh, uh, forests, those sorts of things, you used Ektachrome. Nowadays, your digital cameras adjust all the time. So, Ah, that's that's good. That's really, really interesting. That's really interesting. I've heard of those different types of film, but I didn't know the difference. Anyways, I want to thank all of you for joining in this evening and listening to this podcast. I want to thank Mr. Dick Burden from Airs LA, as always, for recording this. Uh, this podcast that will be up at www.airsla, that's A-I-R-S-L-A dot org. And it will also be up at the CCLVI website at www.cclvi.org. Uh, the book that we have produced through CCLVI called Insights into Low Vision, it has chapters on all of these topics that we have recently talked about, whether it's lighting or it's driving with low vision or other aspects that relate to our daily life. That particular book is available, and it's available at Amazon.com for $19.95. And for new members of CCLVI, it is free to them for their membership. What formats is it available in? Oh, the formats of Insights into Low Vision, it's available in a large print spiral-bound version, which is a book, It's also available in audio version in English, and coming soon are large print in Spanish and audio in Spanish. Again, we thank all of you for all of your continued support, and in January, we're going to be talking about how to cope with living with low vision, and I want to wish all of you the happiest and healthiest holiday season.